0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian certified counselor and award winning psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. In today's show, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services will be speaking on the topic The Surprising Nature of Evil. If you're new to this show, You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization or make a donation to our ministry by going to elimcounselingministry.com Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com or by calling 1-877-544-3546. Let's go right into today's
1: show. I want to begin today's show by reading an article that was published in the Globe and Mail on April 8, 2019. And the article reads as follows. The night that Dr. Elena Frek Shamji was killed, her 11 year old daughter woke up to the sounds of her parents fighting in the next room. She heard banging, and then her mother's scream, and then silence. When she wandered into their bedroom to investigate, her father ordered her back to bed. On Monday, the now 14 year old laid eyes on her father, Dr. Mohamed Shamji for the first time since that night in November 2016, listening as he pleaded guilty to second-degree murder in the death of her mother. She and her younger sister were among dozens of family and friends of the slain mother of three, an associate professor at the University of Toronto and beloved family physician in Scarborough, who filled the courtroom, each one, Donning a purple ribbon as a symbol against domestic violence. Dr. Shan, Dr. Shamji, too, had been a reputed neurosurgeon, and although these closest to Dr. Frick Shamji knew about their issues in her marriage, the couple's social media profile plastered with photos of glamorous vacations and ambitious long-distant races, suggested an idealistic home life. So there we have a picture of a couple who to the public seem to be having a wonderful relationship, and then the shock, the murder of the wife by the husband. The scene in the article is a scene we see over and over again in the news. A brutal killing in a beautiful suburban neighborhood where the friendly neighbors are shocked to find out that their neighbor, the beloved neighbor, was guilty of such an horrific crime. As the clip plays, we see the news reporter interviewing a shocked neighbor who states something to the effect. I can't believe it. He was such a nice man and they were such good neighbors. Or maybe the shock might be the sight of a well-respected neighbor who one day is taken away in handcuffs because he had been discovered as being part of a child pornography ring such evil is way too common in our society in the King James Bible the word evil appears 613 times in 569 verses in 343 chapters in 60 of the 66 books of the Bible the Bible gives a very clear demarcation between good and And evil. For example, the laws were given to prevent the Israelites from being corrupted by evil. When it comes to the kings of the Old Testament, the Bible goes into great detail in differentiating between good kings and the kings who, quote, did evil in the sight of the Lord. Similarly, the New Testament continues this clear dichotomy between good and evil. At times, it is specific. For example, when Jesus talks about the evil generation of his day in Matthew 12.39, or taught the disciples to pray to be delivered from evil in Matthew 6.13, what has become known as the Lord's Prayer. The Apostle Paul also talked much about evil. For example, in 2 Timothy 3.13, he said that in the last days, evil men will become more and more and that they will deceive many. And Paul also warns us in 1 Corinthians 10.6 not to lust after evil things. So this concept of of evil is very common throughout the scriptures, but despite the many references in the, despite the many references to evil in the Bible, evil is still one of the most misunderstood subjects. In today's show, the surprising nature of evil. I will be using biblical texts, primarily from Genesis 13 through 19, the life of Lot, Abraham's nephew. And I'll use that as a base, but I'll also be referring to psychological uh, passages or psychological experiments and research to cover important principles we should keep in mind as we explore The subject of evil. This is a very important topic because misunderstanding evil can be very costly. If we misunderstand evil, we may slip into it ourselves and end up being deceived, hurt, or even killed. And so to begin, I want to refer to an experiment that was done uh, in the 60s by Professor Stanley Milgram, who was a, a psychologist at Yale Universities. And at the time, there were trials that were going on for the, the the people who were involved in the Holocaust, the Germans who were involved in the Holocaust. And Milgram wanted to find out the capacity that we have for evil. Was this something that was just peculiar to people in Germany? Or could this happen anywhere else in the world? So Milgram did this experiment where he recruited over a thousand men between the ages of 20 to 40. And in the experiment, he had the men paired up. One was considered what they called in the experiment the learner, and the other was the teacher. And what they did in this experiment is that they wanted to see how far someone would go in administering electrical shock. So they told the participants that this was to test memory and so the teacher was was supposed to administer these shocks to the learner if they made a mistake and the shocks were were clearly labeled and they ranged from 15 volts a slight shock that you could hardly feel to 375 volts a danger a shock that was dangerous or severe. But then they had the triple X shock, which was 450 volts. And Stanley Milgram wanted to see what percentage of people would go up to the 450 volts. So before this experiment, he interviewed over 40 psychiatrists and psychologists who, who gave their estimation as to how many people they thought would actually administer a dosage of volt of 450 to another human being who made a mistake. And the psychologists predicted that there would be about 1% of the, the, the subjects who would administer this high dosage of shock. And that's understandable because they reasoned that about 1% of the population are psychopaths or people who are narcissistic, who have no empathy for others. And so they predicted that there would be 1%. But what was shocking in these experiments is that when the experiments were over and they they. They, they, they calculated how many people actually administered 450 volts. They found out that two-thirds, two-thirds of the people in the experiment administered this 450 volts to the learner who got the wrong answer. So there's other specific things about this experiment that you should know, that the people who administered the dose, they were given specific instructions to follow. And there in the experiment was a supervisor who was encouraging them not to hesitate, but to go ahead and to go to a higher level if if the person got the answer wrong. And some people, the the one third who didn't go ahead... uh, quit because they said, no, I don't want to be responsible for this person's pain and suffering. The person who is the learner was actually a confederate of Dr. Milgram, and he's a man by the name of Dr. Wallace, and he was screaming, I'm going to have a heart attack, I'm dying, don't shock me, as they were administering higher and higher dose. But still, two-thirds of the people in the experiment went to this higher So this result was very shocking indeed, no pun intended, and I think it's a wonderful way to, or a very fitting experiment to lead into the first of the five points that I'm going to be covering tonight as we cover this topic, the surprising nature of evil. And the first point that I want to talk about today under this heading is, we are all capable of evil. The first point about evil is that we are all capable of evil. We tend to think of evil sometimes as this trait that some people have like the psychopaths, they're the one that are capable of evil. But what this experiment is showing is not just that 1% of the population who are psychopaths that was capable of going to the 450 dose of electrical shock. But two-thirds, two-thirds of the thousand people in the experiment were willing or or with the right kind of coercion went to the high dose of administering 450 shock to a screaming subject in the other room who had these electrodes strapped to him. So we are all capable of evil as we read the story of lot in genesis chapter 13 to 19 we find that lot didn't start out in sodom when we read that text we are told in genesis 13:12 that lot is that lot pitched his tents near to sodom so Lot didn't start out living in the city of Sodom. He's pitching his tent near to Sodom. So Sodom was a very prosperous place. It was a place that had a lot of natural resources and a very beautiful place. And so Lot must have thought to himself, I don't want to be like those people. I want to to be near to that city because of the resources it have, but I don't want to be in it but as the story progressed in the book of Genesis we are by the time we get to Genesis 14:12 we are told that he is now living in the city of Sodom and then by the time we get to Genesis 19 we read that Lot is sitting in the gateway of the city of Sodom. And this might not mean anything to us today when you read about what's a big deal about him sitting in the gateway of the city. But that's a euphemism that means that Lot has become an elder in that city. Not only is he living in the city, but he has re- he has embraced the culture of the city so much that he's now an elder. And we know that from other passages such as Deuteronomy 21, 18-19, that being at the gate of a city is not just a, 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 a speech that means you're at a specific location. And we know from other passages like Proverbs thirty one in the in the passage that we all know about the virtuous woman in verse twenty three of Proverbs thirty one we are told that the husband of the virtuous woman and I'll read it her husband is known at the city gate where he sits among the elders of the land. So the city gates is this place where the elders, the leaders of the land sit and where they they, they rule over the people. So we are all capable, lot when from living near Sodom to becoming a leader in this in this sinful place that the Bible tells us about. And we should be aware that as we consider this nature, the, the nature of evil, that we all have this capacity to be evil and to do wrong things. The Apostle Paul did not exempt himself from evil. As a matter of fact, he said in 1 Corinthians 9.27 that, and I quote, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So here we have Paul saying, I have to pay attention to my body and i keep it into subjection i'm wrestling wrestling with this flesh of mine to make sure that it does not get out of control and i lose my way on this christian Path. So Lot lost his way. He went from living near Sodom to becoming a leader in this place called Sodom. So we all have that capacity, like Lot, to slip further and further into these things that we do not want to do. Elsewhere in Scripture, in Romans, Paul talks about evil being such a thing that the things that he tries to avoid is the things that he finds himself doing so we all need to be aware that we are all capable of evil
0: michael will be right back you have been listening to the life transformation show where award-winning psychotherapist michael hart of elim counseling services has been speaking on the topic the surprising nature of evil you can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Back to Michael.
1: The second point about the surprising nature of evil is that evil does not appear as evil, Sodom is a beautiful place, prized land, and a, a place that is coveted. We are told in Genesis that there there were, were kings that raided that area and took Lot captive because Lot was living in that place. So for a place to be the envy of other kings, it must have been a prized land. So evil doesn't appear as evil. Likewise, in Isaiah, we we are told that Lucifer, who became Satan, that Lucifer was one of the angels in heaven, and that the name Lucifer implies radiant brightness. So, despite the fact that when we think of evil, we think of something that's dark, and, you know, the, the pictures of evil that is portrayed in the movies, you know, this dark creature, you know, maybe with some kind of, covering over his head and horns sticking out. But that's not what evil resembles. True evil will look like something beautiful. And we are told that Lucifer was beautiful. He was an angel in heaven so evil may appear as a church evil may appear as a pastor and evil may even appear as an angel and we know that from scriptures because the apostle paul tells us that the the devil himself will appear as an angel of light so we should keep in mind as we try to be on the lookout for evil that this, the very thing that might attract you, the very thing that might seem safe, is the very thing that could be considered evil. So Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, where he talks about Satan masquerading as an angel of light, said, and I'll read here from verse 13, he says, for, for such people are false apostles. Notice, he's talking about apostles, but he's saying such people are false apostles. He didn't say they were robbers, or he didn't say they were thieves. He said they were apostles, but false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And then he goes on to say, and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So, evil does not appear as evil. In the Jonestown massacre that happened on November 18, 1978, over 900 Americans followed the advice of their spiritual leader, Jim Jones, Reverend Jim Jones, notice he's a reverend, Reverend Jim Jones, and drank Poison. 900 people, some of them educated doctors and people with high status in society, listened to this labor and drank poison that ended up in their death. So evil can masquerade as light. My third point is that evil begins with a lack of self-awareness. You should stop to ask yourself, what am I doing? Who am I with? What why am I near this place if if Lot was being self-aware when he was pitching his tent near this sinful place called Sodom? He should be saying, "Why am I here? Why am I in this place? Am I being influenced? Am I being drawn to the culture of this evil place?" But Lot was not self-aware. School shooters who immerse themselves for hours and hours of violent video games end up carrying out these horrific acts. Some of these actions could have been provided had they been more self-aware to ask, why am I filling my brain with these violent and gory scenes of people being shot over and over again? Cain, in the book of Genesis, was warned by God that evil crouches at the door desiring to devour him when he was angry at his brother. And God questioned him as to why he was angry. And God said to him, your sacrifice will be accepted. You just have to do what's right. But Cain became so bitter at his brother and he didn't take that warning, that 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 dialogue that God tried to have with him went unheeded, and Cain went to the step of becoming evil to the point of killing his own brother. Cain was not self-aware. Evil begins with a lack of self-awareness. The fourth point is that evil thrives in de-individuation. And de-individuation is a a psychological theory that says when people are in groups or crowds or are influenced by others, they lose their, their identity, they lose their sense of what's right or wrong. So in Mobs, for example, people will overturn cars, they will burn things, and they will do things that they would not necessarily do if they were alone. And so even things like genocide is said to be as a result of de-individuation, where people in these cultures, they do horrific things to people that they knew before, because they got into what we sometimes call mob mentality, where they they do things that they wouldn't do individually. So be aware of the individuation. And there are some things that promote the individuation. So things like wearing a uniform. A lot of people, when they put on uniforms of war, they do things that they would not do if they weren't wearing the uniform. So it's as if when they're in that uniform, they become a different person person and they are now capable of doing things that they wouldn't do. In one in one study that was done at Harvard University by John Watson, he studied 23 cultures and what he found out that when people wore uniforms in these cultures or they painted their face in these cultures that the the incidence of Horrific crimes such as killing and mutilation increased by 90%, as opposed to 12% in cultures where people did not put uniforms on or did not their face. So, another thing that can lead to the individuation is darkness. So, darkness, people will do things at night that they would not necessarily do in the day. So, darkness forms this kind of a mask. And we see this in the story of Lot, where we are told that when the angels came to the city and that they went into Lot's house in Genesis 19, that the men of the the city came during the night and started knocking down knocking on Lot, Lot's door and asking him to bring out the two men the, who they thought were men but were actually angels to bring out these men that they might have sex with them and this, there is this mob mentality that's happening there because it's night and they're they're asking for this terrible thing to take place and so the fifth point that I wanted to to wrap up with today is that situational circumstances weaken our resolve and blind us to evil. So, things like the culture that you find yourself in. In the days of slavery, having slaves were considered normal. So, people would beat their slaves, chain their slaves up. Then, then, clean themselves up and go to church and have a wonderful uh, service without even feeling any type of guilt for what they're doing. So that was the culture at the time. The, The time period also can blind our eyes. And so it's important for us to realize that there could be things in our culture that we're overlooking that we see as normal that people in other cult- in people in times to come will look back and say how could they have been seeing these things as normal because culture can blind you to what's right or wrong so we know from scriptures that there were cultures in biblical times where people would sacrifice their children to this god Molech in in Leviticus 18:21 for example. And it was no big deal back then. And it came to it it became so common that even Israelites were tempted to do that. So this warning was given in Leviticus 18.21 Do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Molech. So culture Of families that we are from. Some things can become normal that would not otherwise be normal and even organizations that we work for can weaken our resolve and blind our eyes to evil. So I want to thank you so much for listening to these five points on the surprising nature of evil. If you have missed the first points, the first few points or the other four points, you can listen to them by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com Elim is spelled E-L-I-M Counseling with 2 L's ministry.com. We also want to remind you that we are a not-for-profit organization, so we count on your support. You can support us by donating through our website, or you can become a sponsor on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ELM Counseling for as little as $5 monthly. We want to remind you that we are not just a radio show, but that we're a professional counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective, and also that we have over 200 shows on our YouTube channel. So, until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of ELM Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships, and keep you sound in mind, and pure in heart.